Boom! Welcome to episode five, where we're going to go into uh, really how I think doctors should approach healthcare. So great health does not have to be a mission impossible, and you shouldn't have to go to doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor and spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and get nothing. So welcome. I'm Dr. Alan Trites. Uh, I work at New Leaf Health. Uh, but this could be anywhere that you go, any any doctor you talk to, and I want to just give some highlights about what's going on. And so, if you haven't heard, I went to school a long time, uh, burned my candle in every single end, worked out so hard because I wanted to be fit and look good, because you have to be a doctor, you shouldn't be, you know, dragging and overweight and tired and fatigued and, you know, meet everybody at the local fast food restaurant and say, hey, what's up, I wanted to make sure that you were eating healthy, but I'm just testing to make sure that... Uh, what we take as supplements really works. No, no, we, we really do have to leave the lifestyle. So um, if you have, if you're not driving, you gotta grab a, a pen and a paper because there's going to be some highlights that come along here. But I want to make sure that, uh, you know, as a podcast and you're listening, that you're in the right place. So uh, these are some things that as I go through why there needs to be a change in our healthcare system is because we could talk about these conditions. And I'm going to go through a list here. And these conditions are the most poorly managed conditions in all of healthcare. Does that mean that your doctor hates you? No. Does it mean that your doctor doesn't know? No. Uh, because they understand medi- medicine. They understand medicine to change a physiological response. But I want you to understand that that's not prevention. That is proactive. So how did you get there in the first spot? What turned something on, such as a, a gene, or what turned on your body to be in an insulin resistance or to start to attack the thyroid or a joint, you know, let's say it's rheumatoid arthritis, or what allowed your child, which was, you know, happy and healthy at three or four, and here they are six and seven years old, and they're running around and they're given um, diagnoses of ADHD or possibly a little further along. ADD, or you have yourself or your child that has eczema, psoriasis, acne, skin problems. Why are you doing that when you're eating the same thing in your family and other family members are not? Or you're getting ill. Uh, every time somebody gets sick, you get sick. So I want to qualify and make sure you're in the right place, but I also want to qualify why we do what we do. And it's not because medicine does not work, but again, medicine is is proactive after the fact. So if you are on a medication, I didn't, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you to stop taking it. But so many of these conditions that are chronically um, in our healthcare system are poorly mismanaged because 85 to 90 percent of the population goes to a medical doctor and gets a pill. There's not the how-to or the why or the reversal of that. So if you're tired all the time, you get a diagnosis of chronic fatigue. But you could be just tired from other things, or you could have poor energy, or as we talked about in the last podcast, all the different ways that your body's actually tired, such as you're not healing when you get hurt, or you get cut and it takes longer to, to your wound to heal, or you get sick and you're down for two weeks where everybody in your family is down for three weeks, or you can't remember things. These are all poor energy function. Or you could have a gut dysfunction. It could be indigestion, diarrhea, constipation. You guys know the commercial, but there's other parts of this. It can be called leaky gut. Well, is that inflammatory bowel? Is that irritable bowel? There are two different things. One of them happens to be autoimmune, and that could be ulcerative colitis, Crohn's celiac disease. You could have EPI, which is exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. You can have a hiatal hernia. You can have a stomach that has an H. pylori or helicobacter pylori bacterial infection, or it's gone through your entire body, or you have another issue called an autoimmune thing that's gone and attacked your digestive system, or you just had a traumatic brain event, or a 
post-traumatic stress issue that has created a gut dysfunction. So uh, there could be a multifactorial that comes in here, or they could have chronic pain. And as I get through these, just these are just some of the highlights. That and then there, there's a ton of more information out there. Any of these now researched can cause any of the other ones. And so in managed healthcare, where it gets difficult is that they have to stay in their lane. And what I mean by that is, does a cardiologist have to know about gastroenterology? Well, on a basic board test, yes. But when a cardiologist sees somebody come in with, let's say, celiac or Crohn's, they have to refer them to the gastroenterologist. And likewise, when a celiac or Crohn's person, let's say they're into a massive maldigestion or malabsorption case and they're losing so much weight and now it's putting pressure on their body so their blood pressure is spiking and going down and up and down and so they have to get cleared for next treatment by a cardiologist. But we need to look at all of that. So you can get into thyroid challenges, uh, whether that's Hashimoto's, high thyroid, low thyroid, um, or we call hypo-hypothyroid. You're one minute, you're hyper. The next minute, you're hypo you can get an autoimmune conditions. There's only 140 of those. <clears throat> By the way, uh, autoimmune conditions also tie into chronic fatigue, uh, chronic pain, gut dysfunction, um, skin problems, fibromyalgia, diabetes, and then they all tie back into it. So that's why we have to look at every single angle. And so I'm not a specialist. Uh, while I have a bunch of letters after my name, I'm not a specialist. In fact, I'm in a what's called advanced functional medicine practitioner um, certification course. It's a four-year process, and uh, I kid you not, we get 2,500 articles a month just for that alone. That's a lot of information, but really it's, hey, take a look at this, or here's another back-end lab test that maybe you don't know about, but it's diagnostic and good for these conditions. Okay, so we, we change and update our panels and understanding of, of what we go because... It also helps us know the level of severity because somebody could come in off the street and everything in their body hurts and they're in deep pain and uh, they take some apple cider vinegar and high five, everything's fixed. And then another person comes in and they're like, well, you know, I'm just not the way I used to be. And we start running some tests and um, they should be like the first person. And so your symptoms, while important and need to be noted, uh, the symptoms plus history plus combined with testing is where we get somewhere. So Again, you could have skin problems, you could have fibromyalgia, you could have diabetes, uh, or you just don't know what's going on. So our whole goal, our mantra is, I want you to be healthy so that you're wealthy and that you can go do whatever the heck you want, that you can be yourself. That is literally the motto of our office. I'm not asking, um, my goal is to fix your leaky gut. No. My goal is to uh, have you come work for us. Uh, maybe we, we get to the point that you're healthy enough that we want you to work for us, but that's that's not it. It has nothing to do with me I because I know when people are healthy. Just when people come into our office and they don't feel well, they're grumpy. And often they snap at my staff um, and my staff notes it to me. And then I say, give them a chance because after seeing 100,000 patients, we see them turn around 99.9% of the time and then they're pleasant and they're kind and they're grateful and they're generous and they're they're happy. And then they go do things. And then I, I got to go do this with my kids or my grandkids. And I finally went out on a date. Yay. Um, awesome. That's what we want. And, and I hope that you want that too, right? So 
I understand that you come in grumpy, but here we go into the third visit or fourth visit or whatnot, and you're still grumpy. We're going to have a little chat. And so I start reminding you what you came in with in the list. Maybe there was 14 or 15 things on there, and we're down to five. And yes, the top one is there, but that's the one that takes the longest. Um, but the other ones are gone. So it, it's sometimes you have to be reminded of what you did in the future, or the, I'm sorry, the past, so that you can get to the future and understand that, hey, I'm, I'm doing something. So if you're not going to come see me, I would highly suggest you write down all the things you're, that you feel or, you know, goods and bad, pros and cons. And then what, whoever you're working with, where are you at in two months, three months, six months, a year? Did the conditions that you walked in with, are they resolving or at least managed? Because, you know, whether you knew it or not, a leaky gut, there's no clinical study ever that says it can ever be healed 100%. It's there. But can it be managed? Yeah. How about a thyroid or a, an autoimmune condition? There is no research that says autoimmunity is ever curable. So if you ever hear somebody say, I cure you, um, I, I we try to, that's not, that's not, that's not very good. And what I mean by that, we do everything we can in our office to make sure that if anything that we gave, whether it's a structural visit or acupuncture or nutrition or lifestyle advice or exercise advice, um, or even, hey, I need you to do this, uh, we'll call it a dietary plan, whether it's keto or, or intermittent fasting or something like that, there has to be some sound research behind it. It can't just be, hey, I think you have this and or... Um, we should try that because I learned it at a conference. When I, I, I do learn stuff at conferences, don't get me wrong, but when I, what I take from the conferences have a piece of paper that has research connected to it. Um, because if you didn't know this, 99% of the world's attorneys are American. And so I do not want, I hate, detest, will do everything I can to never be in a court again. If you heard my story, can't stand them. Uh, I have attorneys as patients, like them, or high five, but I hope that I don't have to use them other than my life planning and my will. That's really all I, all I want. I, I don't want to have civil or even worse, criminal or any, any of that stuff. I don't, I don't wish that on anybody. I don't wish that on any of the attorneys. Um, I don't, I don't know why that that's to me a stress and a challenge that I, I wish for no one. So there's my soapbox on attorneys. Yes, I like them. I don't hate them all. Um, but there, I don't want to do anything on our office that gets the attention of anybody or our state board or um, let's say the medical board and says, hey, you're doing uh, this and you, you need to stop. So I want you to be healthy because I know that you go do stuff. And when you're, you go do stuff, that means you're going to cook better. You're going to exercise. You're going to take care of your family. You're going to be involved in society. You're going to com contribute to society. And that's when we evolve as humans. So that's where our mantra is. I want your overall health and to be healthy. And the way that we do it is we examine, we do history, we do follow-ups, we do um, blood tests, spit tests, sometimes stools tests, and make sure that you are getting and staying healthy and that if you have a case that cannot be cured, can it go to remission? And, you know, sometimes there's cases that need, you have to be also in the medical world, and that's okay. But we do everything we can to help mitigate any of the side effects that go along with it. And I'm not opposed to working with a medical doctor. It's okay. It really is okay. So uh, why we need to have a change in our health care is that 70% of the United States is overweight or obese. Now, you could be going and looking at BMI. Now, here's the thing about BMI that just absolutely drove me insane uh, because if you haven't met me, 
I am vertically challenged. Never, uh, barely made it past five foot. My poor daughters will never make it to five foot. And the information that I have that's sitting on here came from the CDC itself. Uh, and this is in 2020. So here we are almost to 2022. And it is. So it, by uh, the end of this year, we're expecting to be 85%. 85% obese and, and overweight. So obese, I'll buy. Overweight, okay. So what if you're stocky? So that was a, was a term that was given to me. Now, I was very overweight as a child. I wore husky pants. Uh, I had 27 chins in sixth grade. I was, I was, I was chubby. So uh, and then about that time, I really started uh, in seventh grade. I started running track. And, and if you heard my story, I, I stunk. I was last. Um, that was, that was my race pig story. So I was a fast race pig. So if, if we're supposed to be obese and overweight and we have this, I don't know, the world got shut down and the people that get hit by that are people who are obese or overweight or have a um, chronic disease that they may or may not know about, we have to start here. So what are we going to eat? What are we going to move? What are we going to be, be moving forward? So and the big deal is it, is it causes inflammation. And when you get inflammation, you get disease issues or you get the beginning of disease. And one of the diseases that we see so much in our office because people don't know about it, and really 75% of our Americans have this, and we just don't know what stage in it, and almost 60 million people have actually been diagnosed with an autoimmune condition. Now, there are 140 different varieties. If you don't know what autoimmune is, it means your body attacks itself, and there are names for this. You might have heard of them. Lupus, muscular sclerosis, muscular dystrophy, rheumatoid arthritis, celiac, Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, Hashimoto's. Now, that one doesn't get a very good commercial. Some of the rest of them do, but that one doesn't. Um, even Lou Gehrig's disease or ALS, uh, dementia, Parkinson's, and Alzheimer's, osteopenia, osteoporosis are being classified as autoimmune. A lot of blood pressure is now considered autoimmune because the body actually attacks the arteries themselves. So we have to be looking out for these and say, okay, what could possibly be going on and triggering these events? And so again, autoimmune attacks you. And then I'm going to throw some other things out here. Now, in the past two years, we've kind of ignored uh, the top 10 causes of death in the United States because we needed to shut down for um, a pretty severe cold. I'm not going to say that it wasn't anything but that because there are 700,000 Americans who have died in the last two years, but 900,000 a year die from heart disease. What's that? Most of that? Obesity and inflammation. They're still... 750,000 per year dying from cancer. Where do they get that? Very similar causes. How about lower respiratory diseases? Now, we're talking about pneumonia and the flu still qualify as number three as a ten, uh, top 10 causes of death, even with the pandemic. But those people were more susceptible to the COVID-19. And then, of course, we have accidents, stroke, Alzheimer's, diabetes, which causes literally everything above it. Um, so there are complications of diabetes. Now, if you have a, um, if you go into a hospital and this is back to the hospital days and you have diabetes, but then you had a heart attack or stroke or cancer, you died of heart attack or stroke or cancer, but the cause of it was diabetes. I hope you understand that. So that's, that's really how it goes. Um, uh, or if you had, we, we've seen this enough where I can appreciate October for pink and there's been a lot of breast cancer in our family. And uh, throughout our patient population, and it's important to have research for not only breast cancer, but every other breast cancer, but underlying factors that allow those cancer genes to be turned on, because most of the time there are children cancers. Most of the time your cancers are after 40. 
So you have to have some sort of an inflammation or an accident or a blood sugar handling issue that is allowing those genes to be turned on because for the most part, your body keeps it down. So any of these other things would affect the immune system inappropriately um, or you have an autoimmune issue so your body's doing this instead of taking care of those uh, cancer uh, cells. By the way, you make them every day. Uh, you, you have a cancer cell, your immune system goes, not me, kill it. it that's the way it's supposed to go. So there's other things that can, that can be part of it. So um, number nine and number 10 on this list are kidney disease. And we check that in every single blood test that somebody has and suicide, which is quite a bit on the rise given people can't get out and be themselves. People can't be, get so worried about their own health um, that they're not interacting or doing things to make them happy. So again, that's why our mantra is, I want you to be healthy because I know that when you're healthy, you go do stuff. And when you go do stuff, you contribute. And when you contribute, you get self-worth and you feel better about everything. And it's not such a big deal. And maybe you're so busy, you turn off the damn news. That's a big deal. Um, all right, so the, the underlying cause is if we talk talk about these top 10, just heart disease, cancer, lower respiratory disease, stroke, cancer, um, I'm sorry, I said cancer, stroke, Alzheimer's, diabetes, uh, even getting the flu and kidney disease, eight out of 10 of those, the basis is inflammation. Inflammation. So if you have a doctor that's not checking you for, I don't know, seven to 10 markers in your blood test for inflammation and going through and saying, these are good, you need to move on. You're not being taken care of. Why? Because most likely you're going to die from an inflammatory standpoint. If I'm raising my voice, there's a reason. Because I'm very passionate about how crappy people are tested and then they wonder why they feel sick and tired of being sick and tired or that why doesn't my doctor know that? Bullshit, they know that. I guess there's an explicit. I now have to go back and turn it that I said that. They do know it, but their hands are tied. Their hands are tied because they're in the insurance system. The insurance system says, well, yes, there's inflammation. We know that we can recognize it. There's plenty of resources out there, but we're not going to allow you to treat them until it's what's called third standard deviation out of control. Pre, 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 hold on, hold on. Not going to pay for it. So they're stuck. They're stuck. And I feel sorry for them. And, but here's the cool thing. There are a lot of doctors, medically included, just like me, that have stepped out of the insurance world. And so, yes, we have insurance, but we've tried to roll, at least in our world, all of our insurance to be catastrophic. We know that we're going to be paying out of pocket to have our, we'll call them yearly checkups and bi-yearly checkups and whatever we have to do in our family. Um, you know, even, even dental work. Our, our dentist is a holistic dentist. They wouldn't take insurance, <laughs> and I don't blame them. And it's very expensive, and we go there. But it's, 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 it's okay because I understand what they're doing. They're allowed to do what they're taught to do to the best of their ability to make you feel better and get better. And I would go on a limb that 85 to 90% of medical doctors know that there's more that they can do for you. And they certainly would do that for themselves or their families at home, but their hands are tied because they take insurance. Until that world changes and until that money changes, and by the way, it's not just the insurance company that's running the medical doctors, it's their AMA. So there's a, a wonderful doctor out there. I'm going to give a shout out to him. is Dr. Nagel. He's a medical doctor that writes... Um, legislation for how a doctor should use history and examination and spend four hours with the patient before they should ever have an opiate given to them uh, up in the northeast and he goes into quite detail that it's just not happening in our in, our, in the medical world they're not uh, the insurance doesn't allow people to hang around long enough to get those four hours of informa information and this could be just this is just one condition opiates but it could be for so many other conditions 
And so when he gets you, you get to that point, then you have enough data and information to make a sound decision for the, is this person going to be at high risk for an addiction? Uh, will you influence their life or whatnot? So the idea is to reduce inflammation so that it helps with their pain and everything else that you can do before you get to that point. So he's written some wonderful things about there, but understand that a lot of doctors have had to step out that that know what to do and they can't take insurance anymore because it limits what they can do for you. So inflammation takes away energy and leads to fatigue. So when you have fatigue, then your motivation is decreased. You're tired. If you exercise and you crash, you have fatigue. If you do nothing and you're tired, you have fatigue. And when you start not going out into public, because I don't have the energy to do that, you have fatigue. So if you're constantly thinking about, do I have the energy to do that? You have fatigue. So these are things that we want to push and help people with. So do you suspect or have you ever been diagnosed with? These are the reasons that we see people in our office and why we wrote a book called Treat Yourself. It's at least a starting point, such as leaky gut or autoimmunity or poor healing or you're aging. And by the way, we're all aging, but you have to go. Let's go to say you go to a, um, a high school reunion and it's your 30 year high school reunion. And then you look around and, and, you know, most of you look like you're in your late 40s. Um, and then some of them look like they're 60. They're aging quite fast. They don't have an antioxidant system. What are they doing? Are they smoking? Are they drinking? Are they hanging out all the time? What in their life is going on that that's allowed them to age faster? But if you're in that category, it's you, then um, what are you going to do about it? So there could be digestive disorders, whether it's um, I, I have gas, I have bloating, I have indigestion, upsystemics, diarrhea, cons- uh, allergies. Could be food allergies, uh, environmental allergies. Uh, every time ragweed comes up, you have an allergy. There, allergies can be to a multitude of things or worse, chemical sensitivities. Now, if you have chemical sensitivities, you need to be seeing somebody like now and you are way past the ball because that's even further down. Like if you pump gas, you walk into uh, – I went into Nordstrom's the other day to get a Christmas present for my wife. I can say that on here because I know she won't listen. But I went there to get it for her and um, – I was fine, but this other lady next to me was—I could see her, and uh, she was first covering her nose. And and in, in Dallas, Texas, you can or you, you don't have to wear a mask in there. It's encouraged, but you don't have to. But she was covering her nose, and um, uh, then uh, she started. The lady came up to help her, and she's like, I, "I every time I smell these things, I get a headache." I'm like, "Oh boy, that's chemical sensitivity. That's gone past your." Um, sinus cavity nothing dampened it or recognized what's going on it's now into your nervous system and your brain is creating a what's called vasovagal vasovagal response and you're having a decrease in blood supply to your brain because it's going into spasm and i can see their eyes were tearing um and it's like oh that's that's a very difficult case so if you're there you need to be seen uh you can also have anxiety or depression by the way anxiety could be from life, it can be from blood sugar, it can be from inflammation, it can be from leaky gut, it can be from autoimmunity, it can be from digestive disorder, it can be from allergies, but you have to have that under control. And then, of course, a lot of anxiety leads to depression. And then we have joint pain, joint generation. Um, and and we, while we do a lot of structure work in the office, uh, acupuncture via the AccuGraph, because it's a science-based um, product, just like a blood test is, so you get a, a real-time what to do. That's one of the best ways to get blood flow to go somewhere. And we actually put you on an infrared uh, pad now so that we can increase the blood supply to where we need the information to go to heal. So uh, there's that. And there's chronic fatigue, uh, brain fog, memory loss. Uh, So I I just want you to know, again, uh, you've heard my story. I've been there. Uh, Been there, done that. Don't want to go back. 
there are not perfect days. Every day is not perfect. I don't wake up and smell the roses and sunshine. There are some rough days or uh, we have to go mitigate and see, okay, what's going on now? What happened? Is the moon in the wrong position? You know, can't decide everything. Did the sun have a flare? Was I abducted by aliens last night? No, I'm not going through all those bizarre things. Um, but, you know, there are even barometric pressure changes that, you know, we can identify that do affect me. And by the way, when there is a full moon, I don't sleep well. I don't know why. I've always been like that. It was just kind of so if the first night, no big deal. Second night, no big deal. Third night, bad night. I know that day three, I'm going to be pretty inflamed and swollen. So I've learned to, okay, uh, I start taking different products that help slow that down. So what else spikes inflammation? Well, if you eat too much sugar, high refined sugar, or anything that's considered a carbohydrate, too much stress, you could have toxins, but toxins can come from oral. Um, you could put it on your skin. It could be something like high fructose corn syrup is actually a toxin. MSG is a toxin. Uh, dyes and colors that go in your hair or in food are a toxin. You'd be dehydrated, spikes inflammation because it's concentrated. Or you could have food sensitivities or other allergens, nutritional deficiencies because inflammation decreases your nutrient state, which means that your body doesn't function efficiently, or this thing called leaky gut. So we really have to make a change in how we uh, think and what our habits are. So again, in our office, we test, don't guess, and we have three pillars. We have structure. We need to get you to move. We need a joint to be less inflamed. We could have you do exercise or functional movement. And then, of course, we have to make sure that the brain connects to it. Um, how do you fire? How do you think? Uh, when I have you do this task, does it work? Uh, when I have you try to do balance, does it work? When I have you do the balance while your eyes closed, does it work? When I have you walk and step and then do calculations, do you work? And we're checking all different parts of your brain, but each part of your brain is related to different parts of your body. So it's connection. If somebody is just doing structural work, just a massage, just a chiropractor, just physical therapy, and they're not working on the neurological side, you only get about 33% effectiveness. Now, if somebody's just doing neurological, let's just do balance and let's do brain games and do this, and there's not structural, again, they only get 33% better. That's what the research is showing. And then you have people who do chemistry. So they, they check your nutrients and they want to make sure that you're not inflamed and they want to make sure you're not toxic. Now, from the medical world, chemistry could be here too. And so you have this ailment. I'm going to give you a medication for it. Or uh, you go a little bit more natural, whether it's a registered dietitian or a um, dietitian or nutritionist uh, or, or somebody in that fact, or you uh, see the a functional medicine doctor, and they give you supplements. Those are all great, but I want you to understand that chemistry is one-third of the puzzle. So you get one-third, about a third of the patients get better. So the idea of why we do what we do in our office is trial and error. How many things failed? A lot. How many times have been at this? A lot. And so I want you to have structure and neurological components and chemical components because it puts everything together for healing and stability. Because if you think of this as a three-legged stool and one of the legs is knocked off your host, somehow 33% of you will hang out <laughs> and get there. It's not like one of those, the ones that's kicked out and it's 66, 67%. No, it's not. It's still 33%. You got to have all three. That is how the nervous system works. I mean, there are probably two or three thousand research papers that show that these are the components that need to go in so if you can imagine that the majority of our healthcare goes to a doctor and gets a pill and, and let's say they say yeah i'm screw the medical world i'm gonna go get uh 
I'm going to go get a supplement. Whether they buy it at the store, it didn't matter. Or they actually go get tested for it. And somebody else says, hey, you have this, this supplement deficiency. And then they go do that. Um, their expectation needs to be about 33%. Now, that might work better than the other one and they feel better. Who knows? Um, but that's just really how it works. Or um, you're, you're just doing one of these pillars. Add some more. Add some more. So why do we test in our office? It's It's because... It gives us information, information, especially about inflammation. So we test whether it's structure, neuro, or chemical because we know that we can give the digestive health a break. Um, we can give the immune system a break when we're testing it and we're doing it this way. And a lot of these things have to heal. So if you ever heard of adrenal fatigue or adrenal exhaustion and then there's a fatigue, we, we can pretty much deduce that based on your blood tests when we do something. And, and it's not specific to my office. The research and information from pathological research is out there on when somebody is in this case, you seem to have these patterns in the blood test. So it's not where we're doing a special test. No, we just read it in a particular way that is congruent with what the research shows. So sometimes when somebody has adrenal fatigue, I give them something called a calm. Um, and that that particular cream that goes on their belly button is actually to calm it down. Am I, and I, am, are they going to have more energy? No. No, they're not. But I'm calming something down so I can heal. And then when their blood tests say that they're healed enough, then we can stimulate and bring them back up and try to get the energy. But you get to that point. So there's a reason why we test. We try to get everything we can to reduce inflammation because it steals your energy. And energy is how you heal. So um, it really doesn't matter what lab they use as far as it's a reference lab. Um, we use Quest. Sometimes we use LabCorp. Those are the big ones in the United States. There's PLR um, and other ones. And the reason that we use those is, my, again, backgrounds pathology. It's in clinical laboratory science where we go push the buttons on all the all the different instruments and find out which one is, has specificity and sensitivity and what is the best lab test. Because you can run a, a skin scratch test for a food allergy, and it's not as good as a blood test. I mean, not even close. Or somebody does a, fin a finger prick, and then they call it live cell analysis or um, dark field microscopy, and they're looking at it, and they're telling you that you have, uh, let's say, parasites or allergies or inflammation or whatnot. It's called cytotoxic testing, and, and sometimes it's shipped off, and it's called cytotoxic testing. That is not allowed in, like, 48 states, but doctors do it all the time. But And I'm not going to be mad at the doctors because – the doctors mostly don't have my background in pushing those buttons and finding out what's the best test. And so they're just told from lab, hey, this is what you're going to get. This is the price. Oh, it's better than the, the blood test. It's cheaper, and it's easier to do a finger prick than it is a blood stick. But the information you go you get is, in my opinion, inappropriate. That's, that's a word I'm going to put on, inappropriate, because if we did 10 in a row, you'd have 10 different answers. And that's not good enough in our office to to deal with so when it comes to blood work especially uh, food allergy and autoimmune sensitivities eliza is the gold standard and that's all we use period i will not use anything but eliza so the other ones are especially if it's cytotoxic or they're just checking this antibody or that antibody are are, are sorry inappropriate in in my opinion a waste of money same with hair samples if we take hair samples to go get heavy metals, we're all exposed to heavy metals. That's all it tells us. You're exposed to heavy metals. What do you do about it? Uh, does it? Is it affected your immune system? Has it caused your fatigue? Has it caused your diabetes? Has it caused your brain fog? That means nothing. You have to go actually run a blood test to see what's going on with that or a saliva test or urine or stool. We have other things that we do. Um, 
And that's why we, we carry so many kits in our office is that we have to sometimes find out what's going on. So what we do is chemical baseline testing. First of all, I need to make sure you can have oxygen going places. This is then called anemia. So if you're not being tested chemical baseline for what's called a CBC, complete blood count, why not? What about blood sugar issues? And, not, and by the way, glucose is just snapshot in time. So if you were fasting in the morning, your glucose is low. High five, you don't have diabetes. Bull crap. That's not how that works. What's your insulin level? What's your fructosamine level? Uh, what's the effect on your kidney? Hey, do we check lactase dehydrogenase because there are like 10 different tissues that, that add to that one. And if the number is super, super low or super, super high, the first thing that comes off of there is a pancreas. Uh, what about are you making insulin? Do you have the ability to make insulin? That's called C-peptide. There are so many different levels that we can look good into, especially even insulin growth hormone, to see what's happening with your blood sugar because if your blood sugar is too high or too low, there is like literally everything that causes disease is hanging out there. So we want to really manage that. What about inflammation? There are seven different markers for inflammation. LDL is one, but there's C-reactive protein. There's ferritin. Um, there are quite other. There are quite a few other inflammatory markers that we we look at. And what is your thyroid doing? And TSH is not a thyroid test. I'm going to drive that home. TSH is not a thyroid test. It's a thyroid stimulating hormone, told to do that by the hypothalamus, which sends a thyroid releasing hormone to the to the to the pituitary that releases thyroid releasing hormone. Then that goes to your entire digestive system, and most cells in your body have a TSH receptor. So it's not just specific to the thyroid. Drive that home, drive that home, drive that home. Uh, and so uh, when I'm teaching a doctor about this, this is the message that we want to send, they better know the thyroid cascade. So I challenge any doctor to tell me uh, how that hypothalamus tells the pituitary, how it tells the thyroid to do, and then where does it get broken down when the thyroid makes its two hormones? And then how does it make its two hormones? Um, what enzymes are revolved to make that? And then where does the T3 and T4 get converted? There are multiple places. And then what is bringing it back to regulate it to see what's going on? And is there any autoimmune antibodies to the thyroid itself? So there's a lot of testing that goes into the thyroid just to find out what the heck's going on with your thyroid and what's going on with your digestion and how your body makes energy. That's one thing. Blood sugar is the other. And then we, we have markers for digestion. If you have low protein or you have protein transport, or you have even uh, electrolytes that are off, digestion can be off. So we want to know what my patient is coming in with. And your doctor, if you're not seeing me, should be doing that too. You should be getting, to, oh, hey, guess what? You're low in vitamin D. Okay, great. Take some vitamin D. Why are you low in vitamin D? Just taking vitamin D does not fix a vitamin D deficiency. It brings it up. But you must get to the cause. Do you have inflammation? Do you have diabetes? Do you have a leaky gut? Do you have another autoimmune issue? Do you have another source of inflammation that hasn't been looked at? Oh, your uh, vitamin B is low. B is in boy is low. Or your, uh, let's say somebody actually run an omega-3 fatty acid and it's off. Well, just take an EFA. Take a fish oil. Go have an avocado. That should fix it. Why? Or when somebody says, I'm eating all those. We had a lady recently walk in the door and she's taken a ridiculous amount of EFAs and her number is low. And all of her vitamin or her fat soluble vitamins, vitamin A, D, E, and K is low. And so we're like, okay, uh, either you have an inefficient gallbladder, which doesn't allow you to put out um, bile into the small intestine to allow you to emulsify and break down fats, or you have a, here's another thing, uh, exocrine pancreatic insufficiency which then the lipase isn't coming there and, and helping break anything down, or she has a malabsorption issue, and then so everything she's taking is just going through her, uh, or she has all three. 
or a combination of the the other ones. So it, it's going and looking at, at all those those options. And then if we do have those things called leaky gut or autoimmunity that we have the test to go find out what type of leaky gut there are. So if nobody's ever told you leaky gut, um, I'm going to go into details of that later. Or nobody's ever told you about autoimmunity. I'm going to go into details later. Not this one, but on a different podcast, what it is about a leaky gut. Uh, we do testing for that. And then and a quick side note, if you thought that if you 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 have don't have a negative gluten response and you still eat gluten you still create inflammation so we do check for toxicities in the office and there is a bunch of those and sometimes we have to actually run a toxin test or to look for is it an infection toxin or your digestion toxin or an inflammation toxin or use it as it really is it heavy metals or pesticides or uh, chemicals in the 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 world like aflatoxin which comes from mold uh, and those kind of things and then then we, we run what's called food testing. Not everybody gets it, but we get to that point when, A, there's frustration, I don't know what to eat, or there's um, you're eating stuff and f- our blood tests are still coming back positive. We need to take things off your plate so that you can get better. So anyway, I thought that we would just kind of give an update or an overview of why we do what we do. And this isn't a plug for me. Um, but you're always welcome to come see us or make an appointment or, or learn more about our office. But it also is a plug for the other doctors. And, you know, if you got a great doctor that you work with and they've suggested their frustration, talk to them about going out on their own. If if they're that good, and I can't see everybody in the, in the United States, it's impossible. We need more doctors. We need more clones uh, of myself and one of my mentors, his name is Dr. Karazian. Very, very good. Um it's it's his group that provides a lot of the research that we have to go through every single month so it's encourage them it's not impossible the world is starting to understand especially after this pandemic that you're going to have to invest in your health i mean we go out and buy a car and we pay for it pay for it pay for it and then five years later and by the way we repaired it the whole time we replace it we go out and get a pet and uh, i don't know about you but i spend way more than I negotiated for my wife when we bought the pet <laughs> that uh, her vet bills, her food, her grooming, all the stuff that goes with it. Um, we've spent a lot of money on this dog uh, that you spend a lot of money on things that are important to you. And dog's important, um, car's important, but I we go down to one car if one of us got sick, if one of us wasn't working because that money needs to be spent in a situation in whatever is necessary to get us to be healthy again and to be functional. So I'm, I'm throwing that at you because, again, I want you to be healthy. And when you're healthy, I want you to be wealthy so that you can do everything that you need to do and you have the energy that you need to do. And again, uh, you can listen to a lot of podcasts. I appreciate you listening on this. If you give a shout-out down below, you like it, great. Share it with your friends. Awesome. Um, you can do that for me. And if you haven't filled out our free symptom survey, uh, there are links that are on our actual page. And you can also get access to our books, Treat Yourself and Sick and Tired of Being Sick and Tired. I'm Dr. Alan Trites. Thank you for listening. Be well.